Welcome to Success Hackers, Cracking the Entrepreneurial Code, the podcast that's focused on empowering entrepreneurs to find the edge and take their business to a whole nother level. We're peeking behind the curtain to learn entrepreneurial shortcuts and success strategies from the most successful entrepreneurs on the planet. Get ready for mind-blowing entrepreneurial tips with your host, high-performance business coach, keynote speaker, and author, Scott Hansen. Showtime in three, two, one. My fellow entrepreneurs, Scott Hansen here. Are you fired up? Are you excited to be alive? Are you ready to 10X your business? I hope you're ready to tame your fears today and really start living the life you were meant to live and become the extraordinary person that you were meant to be. I'll tell you what, I'm really fired up today. I was on a vacation, seven days, spent some time with my family, was down in South Florida, was able to just put my toes in the sand and just get on the jet skis and soak up the Florida sun. For all you Hacker Nation entrepreneurs are out there that are climbing your success ladder, that are going after your brass ring, Sometimes you're going to run up against it and you're going to feel like just pulling your hair out. You're going to feel frustrated. I'm telling you, the best thing that you can do is take a few days, unwind, unplug, put the cell phones down, unplug the computer, do whatever you need to do. Just put work aside for just a couple days. And really what happens is that you just get completely regenerated, rejuvenated, and excited again about your business because as we're all climbing our entrepreneurial success ladder, you're going to come up against it and you're going to, you're going to freak out sometimes and that's okay. But I'm telling you what, what happened for me was going into this vacation, I was pretty stressed out. I had a lot of things on my mind. I was building some products around my business and then I knew I needed to take this time out. I did. Now I'm refreshed, I'm ready to rock and roll, and we have an amazing guest with us today. Our featured guest today is Mr. Andrew Gottlieb. Andrew, are you ready to rock? I'm ready. Thank you for having me on. Success Hackers is brought to you by Meet Advisors, empowering business through advice. Andrew Gottlieb is the founder and CEO of No Typical Moments, a company that offers digital marketing solutions to for-benefit organizations. The company launched version one of their first mobile app called KindWorks. The vision of the app is to create the world's largest pay-it-forward platform via a mobile device. No Typical Moments is also a member of the 1% for the planet. They donate 1% of all their revenue to nonprofits working on environmental issues. Andrew is also the author of the two-week notice, How to Discover Your Passion, Quit Your Job and Impact Our World with a forward from New York Times bestselling author and CEO of Motivating the Masses, Miss Lisa Nichols. Andrew Gottlieb, welcome to Success Hackers. It is great to have you. Thank you. Looking forward to rocking and rolling with these questions. So, Andrew, I gave Hacker Nation just a little background of who you are, but would love for you to share more about No Typical Moments. Definitely. So to give you a little bit of history as to how this organization actually uh, arose, it was the first semester of my senior year of college, and I was given a my first kind of self-improvement, self-help book called Way of the Peaceful Warrior by Dan Millman, which totally transformed my life. Uh, and this one quote in the book just totally rattled me. Uh, he had his mentee go outside and sit on a car and he told him, don't come back, don't talk to me again until you come up with the meaning of life. And what he came back to him and said was, life has no ordinary moments. 
And I took my own twist on that and decided that I would name my organization that I would eventually build out into the future called No Typical Moments. Uh, and so like a lot of entrepreneurs, I had this idea of creating this business that could positively impact the world, but I had no business model, no revenue stream, and no real starting point. Uh, and I worked on this for about a year and a half on the side. I even had a full-time job at the time. I uh, had all these unpaid uh, jobs, honing in my skill set, minimum wage style jobs until uh, eventually I decided to leave my full-time job, which I talk about in the two-week notice and dive full-time in the no typical moments. We initially just started offering social media marketing to organizations, uh, but within the first kind of couple of months of running the business, I realized that organizations need a lot more of help than just updating their Facebook and Twitter accounts. And after talking to numerous business owners, I started to adopt a lot more digital marketing best practices we could start to implement, which has now expanded into uh, search engine optimization, PPC, email marketing, and we're also starting to expand into technology as well. So uh, like you heard earlier, KindWorks is our first kind of big case study in this realm. Uh, we launched version one in December. We've been hard at work at version two, which we're anticipating for a late summer launch. Uh, and I really see the organization shifting in this direction of building these technology products and then coming back in with the digital marketing services. Uh, so you could say right now we kind of have all of these case studies uh, scattered around a very niche stuff. For, for instance, we just launched that mobile app. Uh, like you heard earlier, Lisa Nichols and Motivating the Masses. She's not only writing the foreword for my book, but they're also a client. Uh, we just helped them with a seven-figure launch of uh, just heavy on lead generation campaigns. So we have all this amazing work, and I really see all of that coming together and launching our own technology products all within this realm of how can they positively impact humanity. Yeah, I love that. I love how you're slant. We'll get into this here in a minute. How your slant is really the underpinning, if you will, is all about helping the planet and helping other people. The give back that we mentioned, you donate one percent of your revenue to nonprofits working on environmental issues. We talk about an area of the show called the passion play, which passion is such a key ingredient to being successful. In my opinion, it's really the number one factor for success. You have a real passion for giving back, not only for people, but also in community and the planet at large, as I mentioned. As a matter of fact, at No Typical Moments, what drives that passion to want to give back? Yeah, it's uh, really infused with my own personal story. I would say uh, I had a really typical kind of internship path in college. I interned on Wall Street one summer. I interned at a political consulting firm. I worked on political campaigns. I thought about uh, law, working in investment banking, even medicine for a short period of time. And all of those were so profit driven. Uh, I really had no desire to work in those fields aside from the status symbol I felt like I could acquire by saying, hi, nice to meet you. I'm Dr. Gottlieb, for instance. Uh, and it was the summer after I graduated from school, I actually spent 10 weeks uh, volunteering in New York City. And I met Andrew Hewitt, uh, the founder of Game Changers 500, which is, if you think of the Fortune 500, this is the Fortune 500 for good. Uh, and I heard his speech about these organizations, very profitable businesses like Patagonia, Whole Foods, Tom Shoes, Mind Valley, uh, that you just look at their office and you see how happy they are. And it was just like, wow, I've been playing the wrong game. For these last four years and my career really needs to go on this trajectory of how I can benefit people and planet. Uh, and you know, my first job actually, 
Uh, I felt like it was, and I'm using apostrophes, my dream career uh, in the sports industry. And I really, when I was really in the industry, didn't feel like it was maximizing benefit to people on the planet. And I felt like I needed to step out into my own and create something for myself that was my own vision of how I could make the world a better place. If someone out there is listening in Hacker Nation saying, you know, I would love to follow my passion. I would love to work in the happy environment that you've mentioned for a few companies. How were you able to take sort of the traditional companies or the traditional industries that you discussed earlier, whether it was banking, whether it was the sports marketing, whether it was working on Wall Street, but then you made a sharp turn right and said, well, this ain't going to fuel my passion. It's not going to fuel my soul. How did they make that jump? In my opinion, it all starts with going outside of your comfort zone. Uh, so my kind of entrepreneurial awakening moment, awakening the dream or whatever you want to call it, was uh, when I interned in New York City on Wall Street for a summer. Uh, that was my first time really ever leaving my hometown. Uh, and the people I met there were just so unbelievable from across the world. I'd barely even met someone outside of Pittsburgh. Uh, and my roommate, uh, Joe Gilliver, I remember exactly that summer he was working in the music industry and he would come back home each day and be so inspired by his work. And then I would be like, well, I just kind of looked at Excel documents and crunch numbers all day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was a very slow and gradual process that summer of just seeing all these other individuals who were doing things that actually lit them on fire. And I just wasn't. Uh, and, you know, they weren't uh, demeaning by any means. They were very encouraging of just like, Andrew, if you're not happy doing finance, like you're 19 years old, uh, you don't have to do this. And <laughs> that kind of like-minded tribe of people is, you know, the Jim Ron quote, you're the five, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And if you're surrounded by five people doing all these amazing things they're passionate about, it's only a matter of time until you kind of step into that as well. Yeah, and I love that quote. It's so true, the Jim Rohn quote. You are the the sum total or Harvard's phrase of the five people you hang out with, like you said. And for you, you were crunching spreadsheets and you had a prestigious <laughs> job, but you're like, what am I doing? I'm miserable. I like that over there. I just love that strategy or that mindset of, well, I'm 19, I'm 20, I'm 21 years old. I don't have to stay doing that. Although maybe my family, my friends would think it's cool, something else is tugging at my heartstrings to go somewhere else. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So take us back to a time when the light bulb went off, Andrew, and you then realized that no typical moments wasn't just a pipe dream anymore, but that it was actually a full-blown business. You know, December, actually, when we launched our first mobile app, I would say that was when I was like, holy crap, like I actually run a organization that generates a lot of money. (laughs) And I think it was because I never, I would tell people what we were doing, but it was never anything tangible I could show someone. And now when someone asks what you do, I can whip out my mobile phone and be like, hey, check out our first mobile app called Kindworks. Um, And so it gave a lot more validity, I would say, to all these kind of behind the scene things that I was working on and now tangible proof of like, this is what we're creating in the world. Yeah, you're like, hey, listen, honey, how are you? My name is Andrew. Let me show you my app. <laughs> I've yet to use that as a pickup line, but I'll, uh, I'll, I'll keep that in my back There you go, right? That 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 <laughs> Thanks. Is that your next podcast? Uh, well, you never know. You never know. There's a lot of things <laughs> that come out of success hackers, Andrew. You just never know what's going to be one of those things. <laughs> 
One of your key pillars to building a successful online presence, uh, you mentioned on your website, is to develop a content marketing strategy to engage your audience's value set. Can you share exactly what you mean by that, and what's the first step someone can do to implement that? Yeah, a good example of that would be uh, a client we had last year, the Pittsburgh Marathon. Uh, so if you really hone in on what is someone who literally in the cold winter of Pittsburgh, like they're running outside in 10 degree weather at 6 a.m. in the morning, how can you hit on that value set to make them feel like uh, they're not alone in this journey and that all their training and effort is really going to be put together uh, and come to fruition in early May for this big marathon that the entire city is going to be inspired by. So how can you uh, leave them with inspiration, nutrition tips, uh, community meetups? Um, and so taking that kind of online virtual friendships that we develop and taking that into the real world uh, hmm. is really important. So if you're thinking of how you can engage your audience, really start to think about what inspires them. Uh, I try not to ever market out of fear. I mean, that's an emotion you can tap into. Uh, I just don't go down that route, really. Um, so the best kind of marketing mediums, it kind of increases in how people are going to engage with that. So uh, it goes text and then photos and then video. Um, so really think about how you can use those three varying types of marketing mediums to hit on what your uh, organization or your customers believe in and how you're going to take them from point A to point B out into the future. That's that's kind of the biggest thing. How is your solution taking them from where they are to where they want to be? Yeah, and I love what you just used, which is so critical. Number one, obviously know your audience. But number two, what solution, what pain point do you solve whether that, like you said, whether it's through fear-based marketing, whether it's through inspirational-based marketing, however it is that works for you and your audience, hone in on that and then really develop a plan and an action step around that. Is that what I'm hearing? Exactly. Someone out there in Hacker Nation land is listening saying, you know, I'm a one-person or I'm a two-person shop. I know that online is obviously where I want to be, but I don't know a lot about online. It seems so daunting, whether it's through Twitter or through Facebook or through LinkedIn or how do I build this thing called a funnel or what's the first thing or a thing I should say that you can tell someone that's listening right now that they need to do right away in order to get any sort of results along the lines of any kind of internet marketing for their business? I would say find a mentor. Uh, the first year of operation in no typical moments, we never I uh, found a client just like me going at it myself. I formed a lot of partnerships behind the scenes so people that were uh, really good at, I don't know, project management, but they needed someone who was really good at Twitter or they were really good at email marketing, but they had no one uh, updating their Facebook channels. And I got to lear learn from them um, how they actually put on these campaigns, but they just didn't know how to do this very niche uh, part of the funnel, you could say. Uh, and that's how we actually worked with a band's appearance on the Oprah Winfrey Network, uh, the Pace Sisters. Um, it was a partnership with Social Diva Media out of New York City, New York City and my friend uh, Peg Samuel. Um, she knew how to put all these online campaigns together, but she didn't have the time or energy to actually sit there and update the Twitter account uh, during the live broadcast, for instance. I would say find a mentor who's doing something, who's 10 steps ahead of you. And then how I've been able to scale no typical moments is um, I don't do much client work anymore, to be completely honest. I'm focusing it on what I am really good at and what I'm passionate about, which is honestly, it's more of like business development, sales and creating this higher level brand strategy um, mm -hmm. of how we can impact the world. Fantastic. 
but you know I love stories, Andrew. So take us back to a specific time or an event in your entrepreneurial endeavors when you failed. You might even want to quit, but you failed forward and you took that failure and used it as fuel to your success fire. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> failure happens like weekly for me. <laughs> uh, so there's a lot of instances. Um, but I, I think an attribute of myself is just the perseverance to go through those. And honestly, I would say yesterday was even a great example. Um, I know I wasn't communicating effectively to a team member of mine and I, uh, probably was communicating more out of fear than love. And I think, uh, if I could literally just go back 24 hours and just tell myself, uh, like Andrew, you're viewed as a leader and remember those kind of, um, ignorant bosses you had during in- internships or your first job and how they treated you and remember what you felt like that, like that in the position and you need to show more empathy and compassion towards others. And like, you're doing a really good job on it, but there's still times during your communication where you kind of revert back to that old school male authority leadership style, which just isn't effective in the 21st century. As a young up and coming CEO, a young guy in the entrepreneurial space and trying to decipher, well, you can't go back in time. You can only take what you're doing today and move forward. So with that specific example, when you're a leader in your organization, you're the CEO, you're the boss. It's a fine line that we dance between having this, as you mentioned, this male authoritative type style versus Mm -hmm. one coming from love. Because one is, well, you don't want the teammates, the people around you to think that you're weak and that you're just Mm -hmm. someone to walk on. But then at the other side of it, you want someone to also, you want to care for people and you want to love on people, but you also have to be a leader. Do you find that sometimes that dancing that fine line is a little difficult? Uh, it's probably one of the biggest things I'm working on right now, actually. And I just had a really long conversation this past weekend uh, with a mentor and friend of mine in the San Diego area. Uh, so I was explaining to him, and he kind of said this back to me. He was like, Andrew, I would trust you with my sister. I would trust you in a boardroom, but I don't know if I would go to battle with you, mm. uh, which is so where I'm at right now. I kind of have this very warm and compassionate energy to myself, but sometimes I uh, am not firm enough with expectations, which I mean, I guess I'd rather kind of be loving and warming and compassionate than people afraid I was going to like slit their throat if they turn their head to me. Uh, But it's definitely this line I'm trying to draw of like, kind of like when I say something, you just need to do it. And I don't want to say you fear there's going to be repercussions, but you just know, like Andrew said that. So I just need to do it. Mm. And there's not going to be any kind of discrepancy if I don't get it done. Like there's, there will be consequences per se that I'll need to face. Yeah. And and that's, you know, when we talk to entrepreneurs on the show, all, you know, especially a lot of the young entrepreneurs, one of the things that we talk about is how to grow yourself into the leader that you want to be and the people that you want to influence. One of the things that's helped me, and this goes for you, know, you Andrew, or for anybody else that's listening, if you really want to grow yourself into the leader that has not only influence but has authoritative abilities but also can get the job done and can also kind of love on people and care about people because like we talked about, there is that fine line. One of the things mm-hmm. that's helped me tremendously is just uh, involving myself and getting immersed into leadership books and audios around, mm-hmm. specifically John Maxwell. Um, and it's just made all the difference for me because he talks very specifically in a lot of his teachings and writings that 
you know, you can love on people all day long, but again, you can't be the pushover, someone that knows that they can take advantage of you. So there is that, that fine line. And one of the things that's helped me and some of the people on the show is I'll send them over to a John Maxwell book, whether it's the 21 laws of leadership or he's got 70 books. So pick one of them. Um, and it's helped a lot. <laughs> so, um, that's kind of where I would suggest starting for people is start with really immersing yourself in, actual leadership books, not necessarily management books, because there's a lot of good management mm-hmm. books. I'm talking about leadership books that can uh, help you develop into the leader that you want to be. It's great resources. I'm definitely going to check that out. So, Andrew, the premise of the show, as you know, is to share certain shortcuts or hacks on how entrepreneurs might be able to get to their success quicker. Can you share with Hacker Nation a success strategy or a hack that a business owner can implement today to start attracting a specific niche, maybe to their website or to their funnel. I, I was reading on your website that you've been able to help clients, you know, increase their Facebook fan page likes or their Twitter followers. What's just one secret besides getting a mentor? But what's one secret that you can share on Success Hackers that can help our hacker nation with that? I think it's important to identify whether you're kind of social media oriented strategy is more of a corporate marketing standpoint or you're doing direct sales. Uh, two very different approaches you need to take. One is kind of reactive, which I consider that to be the corporate marketing standpoint versus proactive is when you're actively trying to get people onto your list. Uh, and I see, and from your list, then you have sent a free offering and then the sales funnel eventually, uh, goes down that route. So I think Facebook ads have been a tremendous asset to our organization. Like mm-hmm. I mentioned earlier, how we, uh, help motivating the masses have a seven figure launch. That was all through Facebook advertising, uh, sending people to some type of free offering and they had the entire backend sales system already configured. Uh, they just had no idea how to actually send traffic into their free offering. Um, and what's advantageous about that, some of the hacks that we used is when you have a pre-existing fan base, uh, Lisa has a, a raving fan base of over 200,000 fans. Mm. So we can run ads to her current fans. Uh, we can run ads to what's called a look-like audience. So Facebook will say, here's 2 million other people on Facebook who fit some of the characteristics of your current fans. Uh, you can do run ads to people who have visited any of your uh, website properties, which is called pixeling your audience. Uh, you can run ads to people who land onto that free offering page but don't actually opt in. Uh, you can upload your email list to Facebook and run ads to people who have bought from you in the past or are just on your overall email mailing list as well. Yeah, I love that. A lot of times there's so much coming at you and you're trying to figure one thing out and you're trying to do another thing and you're trying, do I outsource? Do I do it myself? So that's such great advice. So Hacker Nation, I hope you're taking really great notes. Andrew just dropped a huge golden nugget, which was learning how to really set it up properly so that it will virtually run itself. And it takes some time to get to know that. But once you get that sort of in the funnel and you know what you're going after, you know exactly what your target is and what your outcome or your result you want to have happen, then it becomes a little bit easier and it becomes a lot more targeted. Would you agree, Andrew? Definitely. And what I usually tell clients is asking them, like, how many leads do you actually want? Uh, and then from there, we can mathematically figure out what your ad budget needs to be. So if someone comes to us and says they need uh, 500 new leads. Uh, and so we can tell them 
the running ads, we're expecting to have a, a cost per lead come in at about one to three dollars. So you're going to need a budget anywhere from five to fifteen hundred dollars um, to get your goals. Versus if someone comes to us and they say we need twenty thousand new leads into our system and they have a five hundred dollar ad budget, they need to know that that's like literally mathematically impossible for them to achieve that result. Andrew, we are now going to enter the randomness round. It's like putting you on the success hacker's version of the hot seat. Whatever is the first answer that comes to mind, just let it rip. So, Andrew Gottlieb, are you ready for the randomness round? I am. Best advice you've ever received? This is uh, from Andrew Hewitt, which I heard this time last year, and it was, uh, are your actions guided by love or fear? What's a daily habit that you do sometime throughout the day that puts you in a great frame of mind? Doing something out of my comfort zone right when I wake up, which is usually either meditating or doing a yoga class, uh, which really sets the expectation for the rest of the day, which puts me in just this very calm and peaceful state of mind versus I remember like back in college or even when I first graduated, uh, going immediately to read like Fox news or CNN and just waking up pissed off, uh, which is a, a terrible way to start your day, just reading about murder and rape and death. Uh, so a uh, total just kind of mind shift as to how you want to start your day, which I think sets a precedence for the next 12 hours or whatnot. You now own a time machine. I want you to travel back in time to when you were 18 years old again. What advice would your current self, knowing everything about life and business, give your 18-year-old self? I think it'd be pretty simple of uh, everything's going to be okay. I think just based upon how even like elementary school and high school went for me, I definitely was not the the popular kid by any means and was, uh, I mean, this time... Uh, what would that be like eight years ago? I didn't even go to my senior prom. Uh, I was just about to enter college. Uh, I was training for our soccer season and just letting, uh, Andrew know things are going to be okay and they're going to be a lot different. And the, the image and person that you are, uh, during those first 18 years doesn't define the, the next 18 years. And you have the opportunity to be anyone or anything you want to be. What's the one trait that you have that's contributed mostly to your success? So not only in business, but this was something even growing up I had to deal with. I actually suffered from a growth hormone deficiency as a kid, uh, which meant that for about, I think it was almost two or three years straight, I had to inject myself with hormones every single night so I could actually grow into a, a normal size. Uh, I'm now 5'8", so it's not like I am a freak. I'm like seven foot five now, but... Uh, I would say that kind of led actually directly to sports. Uh, so I ended up playing um, varsity soccer in college for my first two years until I suffered an ankle injury. So um, that was like an early sign of perseverance. And then even in the entrepreneurial journey, uh, I, I, when I quit my job, I had about $6,000 saved up. Um, I moved back home. I had no clients, no revenue. I didn't make it. I made what two hundred and fifty dollars in my first three months and got told no for three months straight. And uh, somehow I just had that perseverance of just like this is going to happen. Uh, I can get through this. And I don't know even know uh, where it comes from. It just it's just something that's always been inside of me. What's a hidden talent that you have that most people may not know about you? I was actually giving this uh, some thought over the last 24 hours, and I, I think I've lost this hidden talent, but there's a point in time during high school where I could name every WWE champion of all time in chronological order. 
That is impressive. I, I think I've lost it now, but uh, that was the first thing that came to my mind. That it, I had this big presentation in high school one time of like the history of WWF. Uh, <laughs> that was that was one of the outcomes that came of it that I could name every WWF champion of all time. Well, it's interesting because the randomness round is exactly how it sounds. It's very random. We have got people on here that have said that their hidden talent is singing. And then I, of course, say you got to sing a note, you got to sing a few lines, a, a paragraph, whatever. They fight me on it. I always win, Andrew, and they start singing, and it's been just great, 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 great podcasting. So now that you mentioned that you at one time knew all the WWE champions, I'm going to put you on the spot to see what you got left in the tank to see how well you can do. Can I make a U-turn and just name a couple of my favorite champions of all time? Sure. You know, actually, uh, going back to the perseverance, I, I watched so much WWF as a kid. Uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock were, I mean, The Rock is still like a huge inspiration for me with everything he does in Hollywood. I mean, he's literally like the biggest Hollywood star mm -hmm. uh, today. And I think, uh, and I even think Stone Cold Steve Austin, a little bit of that, like if you've ever watched it or heard of his like um, rebel against your boss and authority figure. I feel like subconsciously that's been in my mind for the last like decade. And I felt like I was living out a Stone Cold Steve Austin fantasy vicariously when I quit my job. Uh, <laughs> so last question of the randomness round, Andrew, when your life is near the end, what do you want your legacy to be? Uh, no typical moments. Um, I want to uh, leave a mark on the world that people knew I was willing to put my name and reputation on the line for something that I believed in. And uh, what that kind of came out to was this idea of no typical moments. And uh, the the name, I never wanted it to be cheesy of like, his marketing has no typical results, something I never wanted to go down that route of cheesiness. Like I talked about earlier, of this almost like spiritual awakening, which infused the title of the company, uh, which even deeper than that, I, I definitely live that stereotypical college life of partying a lot and not being very conscious with my decisions. Um, so just this man who was willing to make massive shifts into his life and uh, pursue his personal legend. This has been incredible. Thank you, Andrew, for your time and also sharing these awesome success strategies with Hacker Nation. Where can our listeners find out more about you and your business? There's a couple of different links. If you want to learn about No Typical Moments, you can visit notypicalmoments.com. If you want to learn more about my newly launched book, The Two Week Notice, you can just visit thetwoweeknotice.com or find us on Amazon. And we're actually going to be free on Amazon for the next uh, five days. So not sure when this is going to be published, uh, but as of today, June 2nd, uh, for five days, it's going to be free. Um, today is June 2nd, I think. Uh, so it's going to be free for five days. And then after that, it's going to go up to definitely still under $10. So uh, if you're looking to leave your job, I hope you have $10 of discretionary income or it's going to be a pretty <laughs> rocky road for you mm. when you leave your uh, only source of income. Hacker Nation, make sure to head over to successhackers.net for this episode's show notes and recap from today's incredible interview with Andrew, along with other really cool resources that we have on the site. Oh, and don't forget, you can also take this show with you. Listen to me in these incredible interviews anywhere that you are at. You can do this simply by going to successhackers.net. 
clicking on the iTunes tab, and then clicking subscribe to the show on the actual iTunes page. When you're on the iTunes page, we really love our five-star ratings and reviews because we are actually able to reach and empower more people across the world. You can also follow me and the show on Twitter by going to at scotthanson1210, at scotthanson1210 on Twitter. This is Scott Hansen saying thanks again for listening to another episode of Success Hackers. Until the next show, go out and live with passion.